Good day to you. This is Wednesday, February 16, 2022. I am Pastor Neil Wemus, and this is your daily scripture meditation. Today we will be reading in Luke chapter 10, and we're going to be reading the familiar, beginning with the familiar parable of the Good Samaritan. So, it's up on the screen for you. It says... Behold, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Now I'm going to pause for a moment. Actually, let, here, I'm going to keep going here, and then I'll come back. Verse 30, it says, Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, and he gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers. He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. So the parable of the Good Samaritan, there's some issues with first I'm going to deal with one complication of this text. The big complication, a big debate is whether or not this is a parable at all. Because the reason is is that in the Gospel of Luke majority of the time when Jesus tells a parable, it begins with, and Jesus proceeded to tell this parable. But we don't get that those words here. It just says, Jesus replied. There's not even a variant in there. Like, so, like if there's a textual variant, you might see a number there saying that, and Jesus replied with this parable. That's not even there. And so the debate, the belief is, is there's a theory that Jesus is actually telling a true story. And the thing is, is how you interpret this passage is very different based upon that question. If this is a true story that he's telling, something that really and truly happened, then this is a morality tale. He is telling him, literally, do what this man did. And help your neighbor, which nothing objectionable to it. But the problem is, is it, it's com 
kind of problematic based upon the question that Jesus was asked. Because the very first question was this, what shall I do to inherit the eternal life? That's the question. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And this man is convinced that he could do what is necessary to be saved. And that makes what Jesus' response to who is my neighbor problematic if it's about keeping the law. So he's telling you that you are to keep everyone. If you perfectly love every neighbor, that means every single human being that you come into contact with, then you are saved. Let's say we're all in trouble if that's it. But if this is a parable, then you read this text completely different. And I am of the I'm actually kind of the mind that this is a this is this might be something that really happened that Jesus uses as a parable. But if it's a parable, then you have to start asking the question, who does each person in this represent? So first you have the man who fell among the robbers and he was, who was stripped, beaten, departed. Who does this represent? It represents you. Sorry, you. It represents me. It represents the man who asked the question. Who is, who's the, um, who are the robbers that beat him and left him for dead? Who is it? Well, that's sin, death, and the devil. There's a priest that passed by. Why didn't this priest stop and help him? Or the Levite? Why did they not stop by? Were they just inconsiderate? Were they just meanie-poos? No. See, they couldn't. Because, you see, their job is they work in the temple. They, and under the law, they couldn't stop and help them. If they had stopped and helped this man, they would, be rent, they would render themselves ceremonially unclean and unfit to carry out the temple sacrifice. And so these, this priest and Levite represent the law, the two tables of the law. They represent, they represent love your neighbor as yourself, love the Lord your God with all your heart. This represents the commandments. The law basically, in other words, the law can not save you. That's the point of this. The law cannot save you because if the law saves you, the law is no longer the law and the law has become corrupted. The law would have to um, compromise. It would have to give up something in order to make you or me eligible for salvation if the law saves but see, the point here is the law couldn't save this man. The priest and the Levite couldn't save without they themselves being corrupted. But this Samaritan, this outsider, comes by. Well, who is this? Well, of course it's Jesus. Jesus sees this man broken and left on the side of the road for, the, for dead. And what does Jesus do? He binds up his wounds. The Samaritan, this outsider, he binds up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. 
Think of this as baptism. Baptized in his holy name, clothed in his righteousness. And now Jesus does this, eh, you're clothed and just leaves you in the ditch. He doesn't baptize you and just leave you to yourself. No, he took him to the inn. And there's an innkeeper. Well, what's the inn? Well, of course, the inn. And by the way, this is the only place in the Gospel of Luke that you actually find an inn, a hotel-type inn. This kind of goes back to when we read in the, the birth of Jesus. This is where this word finally does come up. But he takes him to an inn. What's the inn? The inn is the church. Filled with people who were originally outside of it, and now they are here dwelling. Who's the innkeeper? He's the pastor. He's the pastor who's kind of, he in fact, and this is the crazy thing, is you want to go a little bit farther in the parables that the innkeeper was one time a person who was beaten, left for dead on the side of the roads, and that Samaritan brought him there to be cared for. So there's the in and they're there. And so he's supposed to take care of him until the Samaritan returns. So the innkeeper is charged, the pastor is charged with the spiritual care of these people who have been baptized, who have been saved from death by this outsider, by Jesus. And so how do we care for them? Word and sacrament. We give the Lord's Supper, feed with the word, feed with the sacrament. We speak absolution and forgiveness. These are the ways that we repay. But then there comes this problem. So, so really, I mean, really, it's all gospel. It's really about what Jesus has done for you. Jesus in, his, in the gospel is telling you that Jesus has done what the law could not do. He paid the price to redeem you, to save you from death. And he brought you into the company of the church where you are fed and nourished by his word and sacrament until he returns to take you to his kingdom, to your eternal home. But verse 37, Jesus says, you go and do likewise. But so there is something about works in you. Simply. This is how Jesus has loved you. He has loved you the way that this Samaritan has. Now, so you, this is basically how you read the Good Samaritan. Read it over twice. The first time you were reading it, you were reading it. You read it and you see what Jesus has done for you and he continues to do for you. Now when he says, go and do likewise, you go back through and you read it again. Why? Because this is how he has loved you. Now you are to go and love others the same. Be a good Samaritan. Though you may be an outsider, help love compassion have compassion and lead people to the inn where you are cared for bring the gospel bring kindness bring gentleness love those even the unlovely that's what it's all about
right? So let's keep going. Verse 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now he's not telling Martha that what she did is wrong. Rather, he's telling Mar Martha that what Mary has done is better. Nothing is more important than being in God's word. Don't neglect it. No matter how busy you may be, be in God's word. And this kind of is a bit of a reflection of where we were yesterday. I mean, on Monday, this, part, this way, way up here, and he says, Someone said to him, I will follow you wherever I go. And then here says, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And another says, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, Mary, or Mary is focusing on God's word above all else. She is putting following Jesus first. Chapter 11. Now Jesus was caring, was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. So you notice that's sort of the Lord's Prayer, but it's not quite the Lord's Prayer. There's things that are diff different in this than was in um, that you read in the Gospel of Matthew. You want to read the full Lord's Prayer that's in God Matthew um, chapter 6. Verse 5. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not give up and give him anything, because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? For if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. 
how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Notice the choice of words, serpent and scorpion. What we read earlier was that you will be able to hold serpents and scorpions. But he's not going to give you that. He's not going to give you demons. He's going to give you good things. This is why when we pray to God, we can pray in faith. Because this whole section is about prayer. You can go to him with whatever it is you need. Now, he may not give exactly what you want, but he's going to give you what you need. And, quite, and what he will need, he knows. He'll give you, sometimes he'll give you what you ask, and sometimes he'll give you more than what you ask. But he'll, he'll always give what is best and most needful for you. So we'll end there and we'll pick up um, on verse 14 on um, Friday. So uh, let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you sacrificed so much to redeem us from the pit of death. And we pray that you would lead us and guide us to live and love and serve as you have loved and served us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Blessings on your day.